0: and we're on we are on big uh, massive shout out to our guests zooming in all the way from new south wales please welcome a man who is making massive waves and, and doing a lot of amazing stuff in the mental health space he reached out to us for the podcast which made us feel uh, a little bit like celebrities in the podcast game as well but uh, a big warm welcome to nicholas probably going to say this wrong but batar better how do i how do i actually pronounce it you got it right first time bro Bataar, Bataar. Bataar. yeah, there we go, nailed it. It's yeah. so only because I've read The Better Project, which we'll get into obviously as better. So like, I mm-hmm. was like, I think it's Batar because that makes the most surname sense. But um, yeah, we got there in the end. That's the main yeah. thing. Right?
1: I, the amount of pronunciations I've had along the years is just like, just say whatever. But yeah, it's Lebanese background,
0: uh, Batar. Yeah, okay. Okay, yep. And look, it works well in your favor for uh, coming up with the, the name of The Better Project. Now, um, before we, I guess, get into that, because that's probably a little bit more recent, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, I guess your background um, growing up and things like that. And then we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more about uh, The Better Project and, and the amazing stuff you're doing now. Yeah,
1: sure. I love that we're, we're starting here. Because if we had this conversation about seven days ago, it would be a totally different conversation. These last five days, as I mentioned, I was up on the Goldie um, at a personal development event, and I've done a lot of inner work over these last five days. And fuck yeah, dude. I've realized and discovered a lot of stuff within myself. And this just like, fuck, this is awesome shit. But going back, man, hey, you know what? Let's dive straight in, eh? Hey? For the first like 20, 25 years of my life, essentially, I have felt trapped in my body. I have felt like the person that I I put out to the world was totally different to the person within and various reasons. I've never had the best relationship with my father. It stemmed from when I was a baby. Like I'd never wanted to go near him. I would cry every time. And for me now looking at it, being a father myself, I would understand how fucking heartbreaking that would be not having that connection with your child, especially your firstborn child too. Mm -hmm. So I have so much empathy towards him, but as a result of that, he, he kind of treated me differently. Like, yes, we are totally different people, but he treated me differently in a way that it was bad to be different. Okay. And growing up, I really realized that. And that made me go into my shell and be like, fuck, I'm so different. That is bad. I never expressed how I how I truly felt. And I did things to try and make my dad proud of me. Like no. I would play certain sports or I did martial arts because he has a, a fighting background. So I did martial arts just to make him proud of me. I didn't like it. Yeah. I did not like it at all, but I did it just for that, that little bit of recognition. Mm-hmm and especially for me like i'm naturally like shy naturally introverted and my dad my dad's actually pretty much the same but we didn't have the same interests and then when my brother came along he's like a spitting image of my dad so there's like this divide in my family where it's my dad and my brother and it's me and my mum because i'm a massive mommy's boy i love my mum. yeah um, shout out to the <laughs> know, <fucking nice. laughs> they're amazing but yeah th- there's always been this divide in the family where i felt so comfortable being with my-, my mom opening up but when it came to my dad especially now understanding why he acted the way he did like there was an the element of resent and i also understand that he has his own childhood traumas and his own issues that he's never dealt with, yeah. which has resulted in um, him being angry and resulting to, um violence and stuff like that. And I, I seen that growing up and I blamed him for me staying in my shell and a part of me actually didn't like him. I didn't like the way he was. But until recently when I, I really started to dive in and understand, okay, let's have some empathy towards him as to – why he's acting this certain way, yes, his actions are not called for. I don't condone them, but there's an element of okay, why is he doing it? And it stems from, yeah, as I said, his childhood traumas and stuff. And I totally forgive him for that because yeah, that's good, man. I'm I haven't been through what he's been through. I've had actually a pretty blessed childhood. Yes, we didn't have the best relationship, but at the end of the day. He's just doing the best with what he knows. Yeah. yeah. You know, being a parent doesn't come with an instruction manual. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You just got to do the best and. For him, he didn't have a father figure in his life, so how the hell is he supposed to know what to do, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's int- first. I just want to say, like, uh, if you want to know what it looks like when a man's been working on himself, when he jumps in a fucking podcast and just goes absolutely ham on his yeah. like his own journey, that's um, that's a man who's worked through his stuff. So uh, yeah. I commend you for for every bit of uh, the inner work that you've done because it definitely shows, my man. So thank you for um, just peeling the veil back straight away and giving us that and I can definitely add to that a little bit as well right and and this isn't something I've really talked about on the pod before but um, my relationship with my dad now is amazing and it's always been good but one of the things that I learned sort of I guess luckily in my teenage years was to look at you know what you said about his own journey and kind of change the way that I felt about uh, and kind of you know T- removed my teenage selfishness and, and looked through the lens of you know what he had gone through and, and how good he was doing despite that. So for example, my dad uh, like moved here from the UK, uh, started school here when he was like 12, um, was just a completely different world than what he grew up in. Then his brother got diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and was like, you know, not going to make it. He then broke his neck in high school and they operated too early and now he has like a, a, a pretty bad like um, atrophy condition in one side of his body where like he, his muscles just like deteriorating over time because of all, all the nerve damage um, and then his brother passed away while he's going through all his rehabilitation um, and then he lost another brother to Sid's shortly after and then his parents basically drank themselves to death for the rest of their lives like i all i remember them as is alcoholics and the only time we could ever go see them is at the pub and so there was a lot of like i guess shortfalls in my dad's you know ability to parent when i was growing up and it took me until i luckily and i'm glad I, i didn't you know build this like layer of resent for him that I could have had for for longer years where like I was able I was lucky enough to sort of mature in my teenage years and go hold on a second like he is a far cry from what he could be based on that experience like to find me many people that go through all of that and aren't themselves an alcoholic or aren't themselves aren't you know constantly abusive or whatever you know like my problems were that he didn't know how to sort of like you know regulate his temper but he would never hurt me or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? So like, that, but as a, as like a kid growing up, you're like, dude, this guy's fucking crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you, it's so easy to like, Take that as like, oh, you know, why is he being such an asshole to me, kind of thing. And, I, and I'm and I'm quite blessed that I was able to have that kind of presence of mind as a teenager to go, hold on a second, like let's take what's really good about this relationship and not focus on it, how it could be better, um, because we wouldn't be as close as we are now if I if I had done that. So yeah. you know, I think that's such an important lesson for for anyone out there that maybe now looks back at their relationship with their parents and goes, shit, they were just growing up too uh they were also you know no one was talking about mental health and and whatever back then you know like
2: that's legit what i was going to say we've actually mentioned this a few times because i can relate to this you know this exact kind of situation you know um my dad or our dads wouldn't have had the kind of um you know support networks or even just like talking about your feelings was something that was just so like um i'm not gonna say shunned wasn't shunned but it just wasn't something that was done it was just like you're a man you deal with it you know Mm. and that's obviously then they've carried that through and then you know in like on top of other things compounding then trying to raise a kid on top of that then you're not really not knowing what to do like you said it doesn't come with an instruction manual also while going through the early 90s going through the the technological revolution you can imagine that you know there's a lot there's a lot going on for you know people or parents in the '90s um, and even earlier. So yeah, it's just one of those things that now that we've kind of got this uh, this bit more of an, i wouldn't say completely open society but a bit more of an open society for men's mental health i think that we can start you know patch working back up again and, and building it back to something where like doesn't matter if you're a a hardened construction worker you know you you can sit there with your boys or you can sit there with your family and and open up to them about what's got you fucked up and um and build build on yourself
1: mm, definitely we we have come a long way from you know, that suck it up mentality, don't be a pussy, you know, you can still be a strong man and open up about your feelings. I think that is what true strength is, is being able to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I just said, you coming into this chat and the way that you've just gone, you know what, fuck it, here we go. That to me radiates strength. That is alpha male Uh, qualities in my mind, you know what I mean? It's not what we considered alpha male to be for the longest time. Now, I think a true alpha male is someone who's working through their shit, right? Someone who is not letting their traumas dictate their actions or, you know, whatever, and then blaming, oh, well, you know, it's because I've gone through this that I'm doing ABC thing. It's being like, hey, you know, I'm completely open and honest about my shortfalls and these are the things I'm working on and here's how I'm working on them. And that is the the truest strength that we can have, and you know, I always love just these moments where I'm sitting here and I'm looking at three blokes in a Zoom call having this kind of conversation. This is amazing in any capacity. Do you know what I mean? Yes, mm. it is becoming more common, but it's still not common enough. Um, and you know, if everyone could get to the point like you are, Nick, how you've been able to come in here and just go, "Hey, this is my shit," and uh, this is what I've been working through. And like you said, I had a breakthrough four days ago at this thing do you know what I mean like you never are completely yeah, yeah. Uh, all of a sudden just like free from everything you know you you are constantly evolving and we've got to be aware of that as well and go hey next week I could have the worst week ever and and take a huge backslide on all the progress that I've made but then two weeks later I could be healthier mentally than I've ever been you know it's going to be it's going to have peaks and troughs um, but uh, yeah man the more that we can be that's what we're here for it's why I'm sure you reached out and it's why we were keen to have you on is because the more that we can get these kinds of conversations out in the airwaves the amount of people that reach out and i'm sure you've had this a hundred times from your podcast we've had it so many times where someone hears this reaches out and goes you guys helped me like you wouldn't believe i was having the worst time but then hearing the way you guys spoke about abc um it's it's going to help me get through it and that's exactly what we're here for i'm sure you are too
2: yeah, it's just fostering those, like, genuine conversations, hey? So, Nick, with, uh, I guess, the Bataar project then, <laughs> give us a bit of a, a background of, like, kind of why you wanted to start it. Yeah,
1: sure. So, going back, as I mentioned, I was that shy, introverted kid and I really let fear and anxiety hold me back from so many opportunities growing up. I just like to stay in my little comfort zone and not leave it at all. But I knew that... I always wanted to have an impact in this world. I just wasn't sure how. And every time I kind of felt like I wanted to do it, this little voice in my head was going, you can't do that. Like, you can't even talk to people. Like, who are you to jump out of your comfort zone? And at the time, so what was this? I was, this was 2019. So I was in university studying sports and exercise science. And I didn't like it at all. I was on social media one day, and this guy pops up, Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you guys oh, know him? yeah, I know yeah. Gary. Yeah, Gary V. Gary yeah. Go. Um, popped up, and all these inspirational videos and stuff like that. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Just going on about shit, and I just started following him. And then a couple of days go by, and it pops up: Gary V is coming to Sydney, Australia. And something within me was like, "All right, I'm just going to buy a ticket to this event." I don't know what to expect. I bought the ticket. And I told my parents, I'm skipping university for this day to go to this event. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, They're just no going to try and sell you programs or something like that. Like, are you, are you stupid? Um, I went to that event. And dude, that event legit put me on the path that I am on now. Wow, today. that's crazy. Sitting, sitting in that crowd, watching all the other speakers. But when Gary V came out and the way that he captivates the crowd, and the way that he has an impact on everyone else and and myself, I was like, wow! Imagine if I could do something like this. Yeah, because he keeps it real, man. He, mm. he doesn't. He doesn't fuck around. That guy. Definitely real and raw. And I was like, I want to fucking do this. Then that little that little voice comes in my head again. It's like you you can't do this. But I said, fuck you to that little voice, and I said, I'm gonna make a promise to myself to this day to take every single opportunity that comes my way. I'm not going to let fear, I'm not going to let anxiety, I'm not going to let anyone's opinions hold me back from doing what I want to do. The next week, I dropped out of university. I said, stuff that, dropping out. I started working in my family's business uh, just to earn some cash, bought my first camera, then got into podcasting because Gary popped up and said, everyone needs to have a podcast. I wasn't even listening to podcasts. I didn't even know really what a podcast was at the time but i started one so you're and doing so you're doing garage
2: sales now because that's what he's been doing lately all the you know all the garage sale finds that's funny because i
1: actually went through a phase of doing that <laughs> oh <no way. laughs> yeah i actually got i actually made a few k out of that it was yeah so when I, when I started the podcast i remember that first episode and it was a very similar setup to this not as advanced but um like a usb mic my old laptop camera And all I wanted to record was like a little introduction episode of, I guess, who I am. And it was three minutes long, but it took me about over an hour to record because I thought it had to be perfect. And I kept mumbling and stuffing it up. And I was like, how the fuck am I going to get this done? But I got it done. And I pressed that button to put it out to the world. And I was like, oh, who the hell is going to listen to this? A few people listened. But off the back of that, I gained some confidence within me. It's like let's just keep doing it. Let's see where it goes. And it all started essentially to build confidence, to get myself out of the comfort zone and essentially learn how to communicate with people. I spoke to so many different people from already so many different backgrounds. And that first year, there was a point where I was recording three guest episodes a week. Wow. Wow. I was going so fucking hard. That first year I recorded 50 episodes. Yeah. No shit. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was gnarly. And, some of them were like Joe Rogan style, like two, three hour podcasts. Yeah, wow. Yeah. There was that was that was hectic. But I burnt myself out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had like this Gary V mentality of I guess this misconception of what he pushes out of, you know, this hustle, hustle, hustle. But you don't have to hustle to to make a podcast or to make a business successful. You just got to do the right things. Like the 80-20 yeah. rule. Do the 20% of tasks that result in 80% of the results yeah yeah and I remember going away for a sporting competition I went away for a week and it just allowed me to reflect and realize like hey I've spoken to so many people what is the most common thing here it was that everyone had their struggles they had their adversities but at the time when they were going through them they didn't feel comfortable actually talking about it there was this stigma around mental health and i was like why the fuck is there a stigma surrounding mental health when we we all have mental health and we all go through shit so why can't we talk about it and then that took me back to when i was younger and i was like yeah okay i actually did bottle up all my stuff i didn't talk about it either because i was scared yeah this is the direction i want to take the podcast in and i was like you know what i'm gonna start spreading awareness talking about mental health getting people to share their stories um vulnerability leads to vulnerability Let's do that. Year two, big focus on mental, health, pumping it out again. Then a pivotal moment where which really got me thinking was when Are You A K Day popped up?
2: Yeah. Okay. And
1: it is a great initiative, don't get me wrong. But you would have noticed so many people come out of the woodworks, they do the little post, and then you don't see it from them again. Yeah. They just do that post to play their part in society. Yeah. But it's like, do you actually fucking care? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if someone commented on
2: your your post, right, and said, "Hey, I'm having a bad time," would you actually follow up? Would you actually talk to them? Would you sit there on the phone and listen to what they have to say?
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if virtues don't. and that's I guess a pr- problem with like you know there being like a uh What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, there, there, it is like now. There's like virtue signaling in the mental health movement because it's like, oh wow, now this is something that's becoming a bit more mainstream to talk about. So mm-hmm. you're going to get those people that are like trying to then piggyback on the popularity of this movement and try and you know uh, virtue signal themselves as a, as a great person, but they're not in the trenches, uh, you know, actually doing the the podcast that sometimes get no views or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Like um, mm-hmm. to actually try and spread that word. So yeah, uh, what was the frustration with that? Is that just the main thing that you, you yeah, saw yeah. that day and you felt?
1: Yeah, I just, it annoyed me. As I said, I seen people come out of the woodworks, make these posts, share this stuff on social media, and then you wouldn't hear from them again. And I was like, okay, cool. Awareness is great. It's awesome that we have this day. We're getting the education out there. But coming from a sporting background, what actually allows you to achieve your goals by taking action? Mm. Actions speak louder than words. We need to be preventative in this space. And I came across this term, mental fitness. And I was like, what is mental fitness? And essentially, it's like the tools, the tips, the strategies, the things that you can implement in your day-to-day life that not only make you a better version of yourself, um, but also allow you to deal with any adversities that are, may arise in your life. So essentially you're becoming a better human. Um, and it's just like when you go to the gym and you train your biceps, you get 1% better every single day. Why can't we do that with our mind? Yeah. And there's no stigma when someone says mental fitness. Yeah. When someone says mental health, what's the first thing people yeah, think of? Depression, anxiety, um, suicide. But essentially that's referring to mental illness. So we've got the terms mixed up there to start mm. with. So I that's really why like there's this. That. Yeah, that, that's why there's this massive stigma around it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go with the term mental fitness. No mm. stigma. And it's something that people can talk about and something that people can take action on every single day. That is where the podcast changed into yes, still being awareness based, but really being preventative and helping people to step into the inner truth to build that mental fitness and reconnect within mind, body, and spirit, because it's all connected. But as a society i believe we're so disconnected oh Absolutely. yeah bro like yeah we may go go to the gym once or twice a week or we may go for a run or whatever but what are you doing for the spiritual side of you or the mind side of you people don't understand how connected it all is and how much healthier happier more grateful we'll be for life if we start to work on those three modalities yeah, yeah. most definitely
0: and it's crazy because we were talking about this. We had a, a comedian on. On uh, we did a podcast on Tuesday night as well. And there's a there's both a, a really there was a, both a really good and bad thing that happened out of the pandemic. And one of the things was that uh, that everyone experienced was we were forced to stop. And part of the the issue with everyone's mental fitness is they are so stuck in a like a loop of the daily grind, their the responsibilities, yeah. the rat race, right? That you like unless something forces your hand and it's where quite often you know like massive events in your life will obviously cause the the downward spiral but then is quite often followed by the best version of yourself you know in 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 most people's journey not always the case it's not a one-size-fits-all but it's like you have to have something to to break you out of that cycle like you will ignore the signs that are there that you're starting to burn out that you that you clearly need a break that you need these things and you'll just continue down this path and then something will happen and what happens with the pandemic is that, you know, that was the thing that happened, but on a universal, well, you know, earthly scale of like, Mm. everyone's got to stop and just like take a second to reflect on like how fragile and everything you know life can be and employment can be and the routine can be like when something like that just comes along and goes, hey, you're not doing any of these things. You can't go to a gym at the moment because it's closed. You can't see your family that gets you through another week of the rat race when you get to hug your mom or whatever it may be. And it's like the, the important lesson, and we talked about this in the podcast the other night, is like, we've got to force ourselves to do that when we're in the rat race, right? So when everything goes back to normal, how do we make a conscious and positive effort to stop every few months and go, where am I at right now? And what are the things that I need to actually look at working on or improving on? And like, where am I starting to see myself like, you know, head back into bad habits or whatever. And that's obviously a lot easier said than done. But I think it's a huge like lesson for people to be able to be like, hold on, there was a positive out of that because it forced everyone to change the way we do things, look at things differently, and try and find better ways. Uh, But also like, Let's not just go back to the way we did it before, which is just get straight back in that fast lane of life and end up running into the exact same problems again.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I I actually love the COVID
1: period. Um, as As you mentioned, it allowed people to actually slow down. Mm. And I wasn't able to go to the gym, so I actually picked up running. And I would go for runs every day past the park. You know how awesome it was to see families out there playing together? Yeah. Um, that was nice. fucking amazing. When before COVID hit, they would be at work and they wouldn't be able to spend as much time with their kids. So that allowed people to, as I said, break out of that kind of rat race for a period of time to do that self-evaluation and to reconnect with themselves, but also their family members. And it was so awesome to see. yes, there's all the negative stuff out there, but I believe there's a lesson and a blessing within every situation. And yeah. that was one of the biggest blessings to come out of it. And you referred to we do have all these busy lives life, and we're trying to fit in, I guess, our self-care and our self-love into that. We need to flip the switch. We're putting all our busy stuff first and we're trying to jam in all our self-care somewhere in our schedule. Yeah. Flip the switch and put your self-care first and then fit in all your other tasks that you need to get done. Because if you put yourself first, right, how's that going to make you feel? Yeah, So much happier, so much more confident, healthier, which is then going to allow you to turn up as a better version of yourself for not only yourself, but for your friends, your family, your colleagues, everything that you do in life, you're going to be able to turn up as your best self. So yeah. put your damn self first well, for once. Well, yeah, that's it,
2: man. Like this whole putting yourself first thing, like and then like what Justin was just saying about the pandemic, how it forced people to deal with issues like myself uh, around this time last year, actually was going probably going through one of the hardest periods of time or like multiple events that happen sequence in sequence that i've been through maybe ever um and it really forced me to readjust on a personal level um and then also when it, when it came to do with work and relationships and stuff like that and even though at that point in time i fucking hated it and it was like really hard like really really hard i feel like now i've come out of that like you said, as a better person. And it's like that hitting that reset switch was just something that needed to be done. And instead of like glamorizing the hustle, because it was like, I'd go to work 40 hours a week and then I'd come home and I'd do 20, 30 hours for my business. And it's just like working that much while trying to juggle a relationship, the podcast and a band and all these other things, it just wasn't working. So it's almost like that reset switch, like we said in this most recent podcast, um, is something that maybe you can't obviously can't force it but it needs something to happen a little bit more often maybe i don't know how you could really force it but like something that people need to consciously be like all right where am i at in life right now mm. i, I think, think it's all oh sorry yeah,
0: i think I was gonna say, oh. you go <laughs> you go
2: bro <laughs>
1: yeah I, was gonna say, I think it needs to be scheduled in yeah i reckon monthly either take a day even if you can maybe afford to take a weekend go somewhere change your location Just have some time for yourself if you can and just scheduling that time to do a self-evaluation of where you're at in life currently and then see where you need to uh, maybe swap some priorities around, what you need to change. um, That will allow you to keep on track because how are we supposed to measure where we're at in life and to progress forward if we're never taking the time to actually sit down and go, where the fuck am I at right now? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a big thing, and and this is what I talk to my partner about all the time, right? And what's been a a huge uh, tool for me is I look back at all the, the difficult shit that I've been through and I literally look at the changes that I made positively as a result of that, right? I, I don't, and I actually like really try and break it down in my mind or even, you know, in in, in like a diary form and go, this was the thing that happened and this was horrible. And, and maybe even that thing, you know, lasted and had an effect on me for this period of time. But slowly, what were the changes that I can actually tangibly look at that started to come out of the lessons that I learned through that time. And then using that as a way to build my mindset now so that I know that when the next crazy thing happens for example I got made redundant from a job I'd been in five years earlier this year and now I'm in a job that's like paying me excessively more and I work from home all the time instead of part-time in the city but I Couldn't have seen that as being the outcome at the moment i got made redundant right and when i got made redundant my partner was sick my son had just started school like you said ties about um you know it all coming at once but i was able to work through that methodically because i i knew and i'd already built this this belief system of like something good will come out of this even if you don't see it initially whereas like a lot of people would in that time go, this is fucked. Like, how, why am I dealing with all of this right now? Like, could I not, could it not be split up? Or could it not be? Yeah. And you get really trapped in that thought pattern of like, why me, why me? And it, and it does become that kind of like selfish and you're right to feel that way to a degree. But what's so important is how, how quickly you get yourself out of that mentality, how quickly you go, well, hold on whatever, like I'm going to work through this, even if it takes me X amount of time. And here's all the evidence from other times in my life that shows me that I will. Like building that mindset so that you're ready because knowing that there's gonna be something fucked coming. Always, there's always going to be something that's not good. A car blowing up, a job change, a a, a loved one getting sick, having a bad time, the loss of someone, any of those things are inevitable. How do you prepare yourself to be able to tackle them in the best possible way using all of the things that you've already endured and come out of stronger in your life? So important rather than just, again, rat race, thinking nothing's going to change, I'm just going to keep on this path. And then when that thing happens, you're you completely fucked from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. It's like hustle, hustle
2: culture is almost somewhat made that whole thing harder than it should be. Cause mm. it's just like, yeah, get on the hustle band, get on the grind get out there make that stack. You know, you're just like, yeah, that's all well and good. Cause every, everybody wants to, you know, have success, but does that come at the cost of your mental health? That's, it shouldn't, you know? Mm.
1: Definitely. And coming, coming back, you know, at the cost of your own mental health and you're trying to achieve goals, It's not only the cost of your mental health, but it's the cost of your relationships. And to give some context around that, there was a period in my life where I was so heavily focused on my goals that I pushed the relationship with my partner to the side. And I didn't make her a priority at all. And I remember going to this um, couples event, like personal development um, event, and one of the activities was to write down your goals. And here I am writing down all my personal goals, and the facilitator comes around. He goes, "What are you doing? Like, this is actually couple goals." I was like, yeah, "Oh shit!" Oh no shit. What he said next was, "It's all good to have your personal goals, right? Well, what happens if you achieve them, but there's no one there to support you when you reach them, mm, or yeah. to celebrate with? Yeah, is it really worth it then, at the cost of your relationship, your family, your friends?" And that flipped the fucking switch in me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yes, I can have both here, but I need to put my relationships at a a higher priority um, because that is going to make me a lot more happier, which is then going to result in me being more efficient and more productive when it comes to actually my goals anyway.
0: Yeah. And it's not a thing where that's so amazing what you said. And and, uh, to add to that, right, I think what's so important, and I've talked about this a lot before, is like that say the pie chart of your energy, the time that you can give. First of all, you're you're right. It has to be uh, like split up more evenly, but it also has to be malleable, right? So that you, and and easily malleable, right? So that there's a, a period in time where it's like, there's a potential goal here that I need to hit to whatever. So I can shift and focus more energy than what I normally would into that for a short burst. And then once that's over, I'm able to easily step back and then move it into my relationship, my kid, whatever it may be. Right. And that's something that so many people struggle with massively, right? You get, they have 80% of work or the other goals that they have, and then there's 20% left over and that doesn't move. That 20% is so static. And that 20% slowly grinds away at those people around them, whether it is the relationship they have with their kids because they're working so much or the relationship with their wife because they're working so much or you know they've got this desire to be a pro golfer. So they're playing golf weights, do you know what I mean? Like it never move. it has to move, right? So, and you need to be able to read situations and go, okay, whether it's burnout, whether it's the, the relationship starting to, you can tell that there's a tension that there's or whatever and making that conscious move to go, I need to lessen this focus. Even if it means that the goal that I've had gets pushed back a little bit, what, like you said, what's the point of getting to that goal if I've got no one to share it with? And uh, you know, I see that in my friends. Now I've got friends that they own two or three houses, but how much time have they had with their family, as they head into their mid thirties and look everyone, each to their own. But I know for me personally, I would rather my goals take a little bit longer, but I've got all these incredible memories uh, for the time that I've shared with them because tomorrow's not promised, man, like it's, you, you have no, what would be the point of all of that hustle to end up something happening? And I was never there to have those moments. Like if I was to wake up or not wake up tomorrow, I can hand on my heart say that I have tried my best to hustle as hard as i possibly can within the confines of being a supportive partner a loving dad you know all of those things a great son all of those things i can i can happily do that how many people could honestly stand back at this moment in their lives and go yeah oh yeah shit. i've actually i haven't seen mum and dad in four weeks i've been working overtime every single weekend like all of those things and it's like is that the be-all and end-all and we have to be so conscious of that Mm -hmm. as we look to this whole push towards better mental health that's a lot of the the driving force behind it is not having that pie chart move and shift around as it needs to to support yourself mentally and be there for those around you as well
2: yeah like 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 we've said a few times now it's it's about balance really ultimately the word of the day is balance because if you're out of balance at any aspect it's it's going to then try and naturally correct itself and the more you fight against that the harder it's going to be
0: mm. yeah absolutely
1: people use the you know the term work-life balance so often right balance is the word chucked down. we just mentioned it there but for me i think so many people are trying to chase balance that it actually causes more harm than good and i actually believe it just comes down to priorities yeah like some some days you might have to put 80 percent of your energy into business and only 20 percent with your family then other days you can spend 100 with your family it's like a it's a dance with the extremes of life yeah. and you try and find that middle ground, but you got to understand that different days are going to re- require different energy in different um, areas of your life. So yeah, you're just going to essentially go with the flow of it um, and not get caught up in this work-life balance because yeah, I believe that really causes a lot more stress in people's life because they're trying to really get that balance. I want this balance, I want this balance. And they never actually get it.
2: Yeah. They're focusing on like the dualities it's like work life. And then kind of like, they are on, they go on tr- trying to go in between where it should be more like, you know, a Pentagon or a triangle or an octagon between all the different facets of your life. And like you said, some days you are going to have to work 12 hours and some days you don't work a single hour and you can hang out with your family, but like you can't be working 10 hours every day, then trying to have 10 hours with your family, then trying to go to the gym for 10 hours. Like it's just not, it's not going to work.
1: Hmm. You're gonna kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that I think it is becoming a little bit more common. Part of the, and look, and part of the problem has been that the working structure and everything, and the expectations of human beings have been so. Relentless as well, right? So it's not yeah. just us as humans that have been responsible, like exploitation of workers, especially looking at the males that, again, we, you know, our dads and as they grew up working split shifts where they do, you know, six hours, have four hours off, do six hours, then come home, go to bed and do it all over again. That was an expectation for nearly every one of our fathers, you know, at some job that they've had. So, like, they were being robbed of the potential to actually, you know, choose a different different way for themselves um, by the people that were the ones that were putting food on their table for their family. So we're obviously talking about it now in a way that's like, you know, we are a little bit luckier that we have workplaces that are starting to put these initiatives in where it's like, you know, this isn't sustainable for anyone. A big thing has been the mines, like how much regulation has come into the mines about like even like uh, the, how many hours they can possibly do. Like they, they're they not allowed to do over a certain amount. Even things like, and I know that there's miners that hate this, but like the drinking restrictions and everything that they put in on mine sites, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. you don't need to have yeah. any more than four drinks a day. You shouldn't even be having four drinks a day. But the fact that, that that used to be unlimited and people could literally put a carton away, wake up, go onto the mine side again, and then do that for, and again, where there wasn't regulation before. I knew some people doing four weeks on one that's, week that's off. That's
2: literally, I was gonna say four, I've heard of people doing four weeks on one week off. That is insane.
0: And then every now and then they would work through, like they just wouldn't go back. Especially if they'd like again, you know, the four weeks on damage the relationship. They ended up breaking up with their partner, haven't been talking to their mum and dad. They've got no one to come home to, so they just stay on site and then end up getting absolutely fucking plastered in their little two by four meter room, Mm -hmm. and then go back and do another fucking four weeks of work because there was no point flying out like that. So, so. I guess the point is, is that we are luckier now that there is more actual structure in place to support that, which there wasn't before, but we still need to be conscious as individuals in that, you know, there's still ways that we can push ourselves unnecessarily. um, And what the end result is of that um, is burnout and and, and damaging these, you know, relationships and and things that we have. Definitely. And you you mentioned the word
1: conscious. We need to be so much more conscious and understand that, we live in a new world now. We don't have to work those nine to five jobs and slave away. There's so many ways we can create income these days. And even if you do find yourself in a job, you don't have to put up bullshit because there's so yeah. many companies out there that actually have a really strong culture. Just and- head down
0: to garage sales, man, and you can yep. make yourself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and on your um, story about the mines and people, you know, just sinking piss all the time and working, it really gets me thinking of what leads someone to that point to do that to themselves. Like surely I would understand that there's an underlying issue to that because for me, when it that screams poor mental health in my yeah, eyes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, okay, this person has no purpose, no meaning for life, so they just think they're just going to sink piss and slave away in their job. And yeah, they may get some money and then they come back And then just piss it up against the wall because they think external um, material things is going to make them happy, and it does for two seconds, and then they feel depressed again and go back, and it's just a repeating cycle over and over again. Yeah, because they bought
2: their BMW M3, but they're sitting in it by themselves crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, are they, you know, like you said at the very start of this podcast, you were like, people need to work on not only their physical health, right, but they need to do the mental fitness and the spiritual fitness, and then and like you know. I'm on your Instagram here now, and I can see you, your. You were at your your um your Gold Coast event there, and you just tell what there was a vibe, man. You can just tell it was a vibe, and you learned something.
1: Like, bro, that was a fucking vibe, man. And talking about alcohol, right? We it was essentially a big part, spiritual party for three days without any alcohol. Yeah. Wow, so man, who shit. says you need alcohol to have a party? Yeah,
0: absolutely, man yeah that's so so good and it's such an important thing that that like those things are existing and happening on the regular now you know that there are these opportunities to go and and bond with like-minded people and I guess jumping back to what you said as well like you're absolutely right like people are so often have this like vacuum inside themselves that's just like they're just chucking everything at it, whether it's alcohol or, you know, materialism or whatever, to try and like fill this hole that they have no idea and nothing Mm. fills it, do you know what I mean? Mm. The only thing that's going to eventually start to close that hole up is doing that inner work, understanding why those behaviors exist and why they're doing it, understanding what it is that they're yearning for. Because, you know, when you're like drinking like on an every night or whatever, you're just trying to block out that voice that's telling you, hey, something I don't feel right something you know something i feel uneasy i'm anxious whatever it is bang i'll have 10 beers and that feeling will go away and i'll be laughing and and carrying on and that just exists so much man and it's it's uh it's important that you know we've got mates at the moment that are like taking massive breaks off alcohol and uh you know seeing all of these massive results in in themselves by doing so um and it's like you know we've because it's a legal thing, you know, there's always been that stigma around these drugs or whatever else. And look, I've done every fucking possible drug under the sun, but I've had to look at myself with alcohol over the last couple of years as well, because it was something where I was just like, I really will drink every weekend just for no reason. Like, that's what I'll do. That's what I'm catching up with my mates to do. Like, yeah, I'm seeing my mates and I'm having a great time, but do we need to write ourselves off every single weekend? Like, what is the end result of that? Like, is it, and me trying to justify it because I don't drink every night? Like, that doesn't make it okay. The fact that I don't drink every day and that there's people that are doing it worse than me, doesn't mean that me needing to be blackout drunk every single weekend isn't a problem. And that i should be trying to find you know more constructive ways and better things to do because that's the other thing is that if i get blackout on a saturday night that sunday where i could have woken up jumped in a zoom call with uh with ryan and made some content started like working on you know getting more content out there or whatever i'm just gonna sit in bed wait for the missus to bring me kfc and watch fucking netflix and that day's a complete write-off like you know that sort of cognitive understanding of like, where is my time going into that? that Or where is my energy and everything going? Is it being sucked into this vacuum that I've now realized I've clearly had to a degree over my life? Uh, or is it going into something positive and constructive? And I think that finding that battle and, and doing it for everyone is a huge step in the right direction for this, this push towards better mental fitness. Mm,
1: definitely. I've never understood how people can get on the drink every single weekend and and continue to do it like i i I come from a rugby league background and it's a big uh, drinking culture and i would have teammates that would get on the piss get on the drugs turn up play footy still i'm like how do you do this yeah and looking at it now from an outside perspective it's like you're actually hurting inside like as i said before you have no meaning you have no purpose for life so you think the only way to gain that, I guess, validation or acceptance is to go out and party? Because yeah, you might get a girl, so you get some temporary love or something like that. That that is not going to lead you to a happy, and fulfilled life. It's no, going to lead no. you down a dark fucking hole 100%. that so many people do not come out of. Yeah, yeah, that is going to be.
2: You're just going to end up using a substance as a crutch, essentially. To try and ride out these waves. What was the um uh, saying that when we had the Next Step Boys on, Justin? What was there that wave? Oh, about going through the ripple, the ripple effect, the ripple effect. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And to uh, to add to what you were saying as well, like you know, it's that thing of. that sense of belonging, right? That that people have, like, I know that I was a massive culprit for this, right? And what, like where, and you said culture and there was a culture and there still is to a degree in the group of friends that I've had since high school that that's what we did, right? Is that, you know, back when we were 16 to 19, it was fine parties, get fucked up. And that was the routine. Then it was, by the time we were 18, it's we go to town, we go to nightclubs, we get fucked up. And so like, we just built this culture around When we're hanging out, we're getting fucked up. That's what we're doing, right? And it's like, it's taken me until I'm in the start of my thirties and disappointingly to say that as well, that it's in my thirties where I'm like, why don't we just go play a round of golf why don't we cook up a barbecue and have one or two beers and drive home like even my stand-up like i've been doing stand-up for 10 years and it's only been in the last two years where i'll just drive into my shows and have one beer or no beers and go home whereas like when i started it because again all the comedians there's this culture of like we're all having beers i would like catch a train all the way into the city just so that i could be over the limit like and then you know catch the train all the way home so i'm adding like an hour onto my already long day I've worked all day then I've got to go to this show at night just so that I can you know be a part of this culture and it's like and I just didn't even realize you know even in the time that I was promoting good mental health I was like and because I was personally sound of mind I still wasn't looking at my own behaviors and going like there's still area for improvement here that you need to make even though yeah you don't have depressive episodes or anxiety or anything anymore that doesn't mean that that's not going to be around the corner if you don't address the things that need to be fixed that you are getting fucked up still all the time on the weekend so it's like back to what we were saying right at the beginning to kind of come full circle it's still an everyday thing right it's not just that oh you have these epiphanies and these awakenings in yourself and do the inner work and then you're good for the rest of your life now i'm just going to ride this like this roller coaster upwards of like you know amazingness you can constantly stop reevaluate, and go this thing that I thought was good for me is actually not um and I need to change some things mm,
1: definitely it, it comes down to self-awareness and I had one of the biggest realizations yesterday and talking about drugs and alcohol there was a period in my life where I actually went down the path of steroids now I've had a lot of groin issues, right? And then to give a context, there's a lot of, usually a lot of trauma, a lot of fear, a lot of negative emotion that is kept within like this region here below yeah. your sternum, um, which gets trapped there, a lot of negative energy. And from 16, I've had groin injuries all along. And I was listening to another podcast with a professional rugby player, James O'Connor, and he's had groin injuries as well. And he's done a bit of spiritual work. And what he realized was why he was getting groin injuries was because he felt like he had to prove something because he's like 30 and still trying to compete with the young bucks. And he, he felt like, fuck, I need to get out there. I need to prove something to, to see how good I am, which resulted in groin injuries. And that really got me thinking. And then over the weekend uh, doing that inner work, I really like connected all the dots. And I was like, 16? I started doing steroids because I thought I wasn't good enough and I needed to go to that next level. What happened after that? Brain injuries ever since then. Wow. wow. Interesting. I was like, holy fuck. That is crazy when you start to connect the dots as to why you are the way you are and what happens within your body. I was like, damn. Now that I've released all that, let's get to work yeah yeah because yeah. that, that's kind of like around
2: your base chakra area if you if you kind of know much about the is it like seven i think it's seven, chakras. You've yeah, got like seven a base. chakras yeah Yeah, you've got like a base and at the top you've got the crown or whatever it is mm-hmm. and so yeah i could see how like you know that's manifesting there because that's where that kind of base chakra is and um the emotion of like pride or have trying to prove yourself would probably be like a lower vibrational thing it's not necessarily a great thing you know no it's
1: not i got it right here actually uh, it's the Hawkins level of uh, consciousness. I'm pretty sure. So, if we're vibrating at zero, that's essentially we're dead. Yeah. If we talk about shame, guilt, um, grief, and fear, so shame is at twenty per, uh, hertz. I think of okay. vibration. Yeah. So if you're living in a life of shame, you're essentially just above death. Wow. That's. Crazy, and f- isn't it? fear is at a hundred. So for me, I was in fear of not being good enough. Yeah. So that was the level I was vibrating at. And I was yeah. like, how am I expected to be my best self if I'm vibrating at such a low level? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, so as
2: as we move up to the to the um the upper uh, like emotions, there is in like joy and
1: and unconditional love. What uh, level are they vibrating at? Does it say that? So love is five hundred. Yeah. Wow. And enlightenment is seven hundred plus. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
2: So, that's a massive difference between 20 hertz and 700 hertz. There's a big
1: fucking difference. Mhm. Yeah. And as I said, it's all trapped within those first three chakras. Once you release them, it's like the gateway to your heart. And then once you open your heart up, bro, it just goes, it flows through your whole body, man. Yeah. yeah. That is like a lot of the work that I did over the weekend. And in a way, it sounds kind of cringe, but I feel like reborn in a way. No, nah, good yeah. on you, man. That's fucking sick.
0: No, it's so important to have that, uh, you know, those epiphanies and those moments. And as I said, again, like you're going to go actively looking for to try and have that experience again, and not in a negative way, not where you're like, oh no, unless I'm trying to recreate that feeling, which is where that, you know, the, the toxic side of like, drugs or abuse or whatever it comes from is like you're chasing his feeling but you will in a healthy and positive way find more ways to connect to what you connected to in that weekend and like we should all be actively looking for that as well but I want to I want to I guess uh, get you to dive a little bit deeper for us on where you want to take Better Project you, you personally what would be uh, i guess you know your short-term and long-term goals with the project what would you love to be doing you know in, in, a, in a in a short amount of time or what would you be loved to doing in in five years with the with the project
1: yeah wow um well first of all like i said i'm building a new studio so that's one of my goals that i want to do within the next month or so so get yep. that up and running which will allow me to really pick up the game when it comes to in-person podcasts high quality which I fucking love. And I really love in-person podcasts. As you would know, the connection is so much better when you actually Absolutely. get to do it in person. Um, so when I'm in Adelaide, we'll have to do one in person for Most sure. Most definitely we do. do. Yeah. Um, so that's a short-term goal. But long-term, I ultimately, I love travel. I love adventure. I want to combine the two. I want to be able to travel around not only Australia, around the world, doing podcasting, connecting with so many amazing people. And, turning it into a business. Yeah, now I've yeah, got a little fuck, yeah. side hustle off the side of this, which is actually helping people to start their podcasts That's because cool. I know how daunting it is. As you would know, in the beginning, you're like, where the fuck do I start? What equipment do I buy? Um, how do I do all this? And I was like, okay, I've been through all the shit. This is my third year. I've done 200 plus episodes. I know my stuff. I yeah. can help people here. So that is a little side hustle is, is helping people. Um one one-on-one and I'm also creating a online program course at the moment. Um, so that will bring income in, which will allow me to put more money into the podcast, which will allow me to travel. But next year, I'm planning to do a Queensland tour and possibly a Melbourne tour, um, maybe an Adelaide tour as well. Get down um, here, dude. That'll be killer. Yeah, so do a little podcast tour there, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, essentially, I want to create financial freedom for myself, for my family to allow me to just do the things that I love and enjoy. Because as we've mentioned before, life is too short. We don't know when it can be taken. So we may as well do the things that we love, right? Most definitely, man. I like that a lot. I like that a lot.
0: Hey, have you uh, heard of a page called The Next Step Australia? Have you seen those boys?
1: No, I haven't
0: right so when you are thinking about doing your adelaide tour um obviously wormholes it want to be involved in that there's (laughs) a there's a group of lads that we've had on an episode before and i i do urge you to go back and have a listen to it because it, it is incredible and we're trying to get them back on but they've been so busy but uh basically they are a group of blokes where one of them is a fully qualified psychologist and the page is is it's called the next step because they want you to be a link between you reaching out and then getting help right but that first step that next step is actually saying hey i'm not having a good time at the moment and for blokes to be able to have something like an inbox of an instagram page is a lot easier to make that step to, as opposed to ringing a therapist or going to a doctor and getting a mental health plan like those are all really daunting really stigmatized things to do whereas just messaging someone is still difficult still really hard but Uh, someone an organization trying to bridge that gap is is so important um so they're obviously based in adelaide as well and they they've uh they were doing a lot of work in just getting uh people to a a psychologist right and so obviously someone that is qualified was manning the page but then they would get them to an organization where either he works or other people work the place that they were referring to has actually now shut down, like just out of complete, you know, randomness. So it's forced them to actually convert the brand into a company. And now they're looking at, you know, getting their psychologist on board to finish his master's and then start offering the help all in-house, you know, bringing more psychologists into the Next Step brand and actually growing from the inside. And it's like just this amazing initiative that has started from just a few blokes who have lived experience or, you know, have obviously got qualifications in the field so um i definitely urge you to, to check those guys out and, and have a look at the amazing work they're doing and uh you know they would love to be involved in in whatever you come down for adelaide for as well but what i love is that there are yourself that's out there doing what you're doing then you've got those blokes there and um, there's also another guy from adelaide which i think i do think you do know him uh, callum mcpherson who runs Youngblood, young blood young young men but that's another Adelaide guy so they're just the ones that I know in our state which is a population of 1 million you know there's more out there that I've not even discovered yet but like to be able to even you know reference those few and and now have this meeting with you there's this groundswell happening uh, of these kind of conversations becoming so much more mainstream and it just it excites the hell out of me, man. Like, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that you found us and, and reached out because, um, you know, as soon as I got the message, I messaged Ryan and I'm like, dude, like, go check out this guy's page. Um, and then, what I want, the purpose of this is what I wanted to it's segue the, into. The, 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 the
2: three grateful,
0: the things? three, the gratitude. Yeah. Project, uh, the gratis, no, what's it called? The gratis,
2: is it grateful? Is it grateful? Yeah, the grateful. Club.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, grateful yeah, yeah, club,
0: yeah, yeah. right? And uh, like that. Seriously, just blew my mind, and I know it's something simple, and I know it's not your original thing to ask that question, but the way that you've kind of found a uh, like a, a a way to. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, build something around it, right? Like, you hear people saying, Oh, yeah, I do my gratitudes or whatever. And it's very, like, kind of like a dismissive thing. Whereas you've kind of been like, No, no, no. Like, this, I'm making this like a really important part of everyone's day. Like, I'm building a brand around it so that you, it doesn't just feel like something where people go, Oh, yeah, you know, I do my breathing, I do my gratitudes. And it's just kind of this like throwaway thing that isn't resonating with people. Whereas, like, what I think that you, done and what really hit me hard was that you're like no i want to i want to really demonstrate how important and how massive this is so talk to us about i guess yeah the the grateful club what where who asked you the question to begin with that started you doing it much like how i've now taken it and, and inserted it into our podcast and whatever else what's the story behind it all
1: i love the grateful club it's it's funny how it came about it actually got created when i was laying in dead half dead from covid okay i was sick as and I was like what am I actually grateful for today it really got me to think and I was like if I can do this while I'm and sick as a dog why can't other people do this yeah and I just created the group straight away I had a few people in my circle I was like yeah cool let's join let's let's create this cool little community and it, it's just grown ever since then I think we're nearly at 50 members I'm pretty sure I mean at 195 days of gratitude wow that's cool yeah and just jumping in the chat every single day and seeing everyone's gratitudes it just lifts the vibration yeah honestly and i've had personal messages from people within the community and they go i've had such a shit day but i've jumped into the chat i've seen everyone else's gratitudes and it's really made me think of the things that i'm grateful for today even when i was in such a bad mood Yeah, and it's like wow just just having that impact on someone's life is so amazing honestly yeah that's cool man
0: and having a uh, like a if you build a habit around when I'm feeling crap I go look at that that page like having a tool you know we talk about like you know uh, in in the ways that we deal with mental health is by like you know building up this armor and this this toolkit of all the different things that you can do to get you through. That's both pro, like that's both um, proactive and reactive, right? Sometimes we need to be as proactive as possible. We're not always going to be able to be proactive for every little hurdle that we're going to come into. So how do we also have those tools to be reactive with? So you know, like you said, someone having a bad day and going. Instead of just going fuck it, I'm gonna whatever, and it's all shit. Going, you know what? I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna do my gratitudes, or even if I'm not gonna do them, I'm just gonna read them, and you're almost guaranteed to feel better after doing it. I know I've never looked in there once and felt anything other than just like awe of the the community that's in there, and and that no two answers are the same. You know that everyone's got their own things that they're grateful for, and like you know some things are really profound and deep, and some things are just you know like a little bit like more minuscule and just going, I'm grateful for this but like they're all just as important right it doesn't it could be that my family's alive and well and it could be that I got a day off today like and everything in between yeah because you know? it's
2: all relative I guess isn't it it's, it's yeah. all about how that person is feeling at that time and that's what they're grateful for and I think that's what what's so good about it mm. the end of the day
1: that is why I love gratitude because it can be as easy as just waking up today especially for someone who is in a, a poor mental state, for them just to wake up and to get out of bed, that is a big thing to be grateful for. Yeah. It, it doesn't so, have to be complicated. Like, As humans, we like to overcomplicate everything, right? When it comes to gratitude, it can be as easy as getting out of bed or it can be something so deep. It can be about anything.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, you know, even because I've just not shut the fuck up about it since we've had that conversation. So thank you. But, I love um, that you know i've had conversations where people are like you know i've never i've never stopped and asked that question my mum was a was a good example where she was just like i think you know i think she said something along the lines of i don't stop and, and think about that enough and that's kind of been the experience I've had with a lot of people For me personally as well I was like you know again someone who is is very in tune with what I need to be able to you know function at the highest possible frequency as often as possible even I was like I don't stop and actually ask myself that question all the time. I know what I'm grateful for and I and I'm and I'm cognitive and aware of it but again, bringing back to the beginning of the podcast, finding ways to slow yourself down and go actually what am i what am i truly grateful for not just in general but right now today and then tomorrow and then next week and whatever it is like these tools that help us just slow down. And I think that is an incredible one that you've built something very special around, man. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I had to give it this, it's uh, time in this podcast to, to really focus on that, man, because you're doing something great. And I guarantee you by the time you're down in Adelaide, that club has only expanded and exploded and is, uh, is impacting even more people. So, um, well done.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully a few people that are listening in now could go along and get involved in it as well. Yeah, if
0: they they want to actually jump in the club how do they go about like do they just message you first on the better project page
1: just send me a message and i'll add you into one of the groups um, and then start spreading your gratitude hey just continue to lift that. that vibration the big thing i've seen as well is that people that are in the group they may share their gratitude in the group but as you said they go to their friends and family and they ask them what are they grateful for and it creates that ripple effect within society which then gets people to really take the step back and the time to really focus on themselves and the focus on the things that they appreciate for in life, instead of focusing all the negative things and all the things that we don't have in life. So that's a massive part of it as well, is creating that ripple effect, which I bloody love. Love it, man. Love it. I absolutely love it. Well, I feel like
2: Nick that we've come to the uh, point of the episode where we whip out what we call the guestions. We like to ask each guest a bunch of predetermined questions. And uh, I think I'll let you start, J-Man, hit him with with number one.
0: All right. The one I always love hearing people's reactions to, and I hope this will be uh, not disappointing as well. Your favorite song of all time, Go. Ooh. Yes. Till, till, I,
1: till I collapse, Eminem. Whoa! Oh. No one's ever. Yeah, no one's ever hit quick that fire, quickly, man.
0: dude. That's so good. Good, good song. Is there a good reason song. why that? It is a great song. What a like a, a motivational anthem. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, just charging down the road towards battle song. That is. Um, Fucking
1: pumps me up, bro. Is I there?
0: Like is there anything that just like because that was so quick, man? Is there anything? Any real reason or, or something special about that song as why it sticks out that quickly? Uh,
1: I think it's it's the song that I've always listened to, every time I've like played a rugby league game, just to pump mm. me up to get me in the zone. And yeah, I've I've always loved that song.
2: Yeah, it's got it such a catchy a chorus. Eh? are you a big big Eminem guy or? uh some of his old
1: stuff
0: he's i haven't really listened to his
2: new stuff I agree, yeah yeah. Me either. yeah i like an um, eminem show for me is like an all-time favorite Ooh, yeah. album that was the yeah. first
0: th- first thing i had with my sony discman was the eminem show dude like i was just like and That's you know killer. just sitting there rapping along parents can't hear what i'm listening to i'm like yeah this guy's saying some wild yeah shit, and
2: then drips comes on you just laugh. yeah and i'm like <laughs>
0: whoa what are these what is this hormonal feeling I'm <laughs> having right now <laughs> at 13 um, hit him with question number two my man alright question number two who
2: is your favourite comedian or comedic actor
1: Oh,
0: I like Kevin Hart Fuck yeah! That is one we haven't had. Kevin, we haven't man. had Kevin Hart. He deserves his flowers, man. He that does. Guy is. Uh, I've I've been meaning to watch that new one with him and Mark Wahlberg. Me time, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. But I always find like uh, Mark. Have you ever seen the other guys with Mark Wahlberg and Will Farrell? Have you seen that before? Yeah, I
1: think I have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mark Wahlberg makes a good like offside uh, in a comedy. Um, yeah. So I'm always excited to see what he brings in uh, in those kind of roles. Have so. you got
2: a favorite Kevin Hart uh, movie?
1: Um, I like pretty much all these movies, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think he's just a good actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. And his stand-up's really good, too. Like, his first two specials are uh, seriously funny and I can't remember what the other one, Look at Me Now, something like that. They're amazing, dude. Like, his theatrics on stage and, like... He's just this little man that just got so much energy and yeah, like as a as a stand-up appreciator and enthusiast, um, if you haven't watched his like early specials, uh, I I urge you to go back and check him out as well, man. He's Do you know great.
2: what he's he's actually really good in that I saw semi-recently? The Man in Toronto. I didn't actually
0: watch that because it got such bad
2: reviews. No, I didn't actually I check it out. That. I thought it was funny as. Okay. I might have to yeah. give that one a, a watch you need to, still. You need, you need to watch it. Yeah, you I haven't watch watched that one, that one yet. yet. There you yeah. go. We've all
0: got some. We've all got some Kevin Hart to, to go and watch. Uh, Definitely. Number question three. Number, question number three. Uh, have you ever meditated? What's your experience with meditation?
1: Oh, I meditate every day. Yeah. Every day. Um, people do it once or twice and they're like, oh, I can't calm my mind. I can't get get into this, and they just give up. Meditation is a brilliant tool, and you just got to let all your thoughts and emotions just flow. Just flow, just go with it and see where it takes you. It's a massive journey. And then when you incorporate breath work into that as well, like Mm. over the weekend, I did such a deep meditation and breath work that it brought up a lot of uh, visions and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's seriously really deep. And I I tell everyone to do it and stay committed to it because you will see the results. Yeah, Yeah.
2: That's cool, man. Have you ever done a, uh, isolation tank or a float tank? No, I haven't i do like ice baths and stuff like that yeah okay yeah there's there's these little like tanks that you can kind of go like go and lay into and it's filled up with just like a little bit of water um but so you're floating though you, you do, you're not actually touching the bottom it's like salt water yeah. um, and you go in there and you're like completely deprived of all senses so because you're floating you're not feeling anything it's completely black and there's no sound either um and you go in there and you meditate you i think the sessions i haven't actually done it myself but i really want to the sessions are like 45 to an hour long and a lot of people say they go in there and for the first 15-20 minutes they can't really like settle in and then eventually they kind of just let go and they hallucinate because you're not you can't see anything either it's completely mm. black so you just you start hallucinating and you're really going in there and you're finding you're finding yourself i think i think it would be something you'd really enjoy if, if there's one around sydney which i'm sure there yeah, is
1: yeah there's something that i, I want to do I think it's called Vispinal, or Hispana or something like that it's like 10 days where you go to like this retreat and it's just like dead silence you just with yourself oh, in silence true. within you and apparently the people that I've spoken to have had like so much good results that come off the back of it because you've got 10 days just with yourself to analyse wow. everything throughout your whole life thus far and it's crazy experience and, and, you, and you can't speak for 10 days yeah it's just you silence 10 yeah days.
2: right interesting well like in, in the next few months i'm actually getting uh, my
0: tonsils taken out so i'm gonna <laughs> semi semi experience what it's a like, like not to talk
2: for a couple of
0: days <laughs> Um, I actually went through a, and Ty, we need to get you to go and do yours, man. But um, yeah, we, we've yeah. got a, um, another good uh, Wormholes episode to go and check out if you've got some time, man. It was a, a girl named Tony Sherry. Um, mm-hmm. She runs a breathwork uh, like business here in Adelaide um, and uh, talks about all her experiences through like, you know, her own journey when someone started taking her through breathwork into then training her how to be a breath worker to now running her own business. And then up before that episode, so that we could talk about it on the podcast, I went and went through my first breathwork session and God damn, it was incredible. Like I need to go back. Me and my, we've organized with her to, cause my partner wants to do it as well. And I want to go through it again. So, but my partner is a little bit apprehensive. So I was like, i messaged her and i was like hey would you do it where you take me through one and let her watch it and then take her through it afterwards and she's like yep yeah, absolutely so i've got to go and do it at some point but the the way i left that house like floating on a cloud i couldn't believe it and yeah. you just i you don't even know what's happening in that moment like i was just coming in and out of like consciousness and mm-hmm. then when when i came back for the last time properly i was just like oh my goodness like this is just an unbelievably surreal feeling um and you know there's just so many like we said the tools meditation breath work you know all of these things that we can do this it's not a one size fits all and it's not a a single approach method to how we work on our mental fitness um there's so many different things that we can do out there Sensory deprivation tanks, like they were saying, going to those big seminars. Tony, the girl that I was just talking about, she's been, she had been going on like ayahuasca retreats and stuff as well.
1: I would love to do that. Yeah. Me too. uh,
0: She went and did this thing called Cambo. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like where you, they put like this certain type of frog. frog. Yeah. Yeah. And like you vomit for like fucking five hours and you like go through the worst shit ever, but then you come out of it like so, like there's just so many different things, man. So like, I guess the the reason I wanted to say that is like, some people will listen to this and go, oh, I don't even know where to start try something, you know what I mean? Like it it doesn't, you might do the first three things. You might try meditation. It's not for you, or it doesn't really work. You might try breath work. You might go on an ayahuasca retreat and nothing makes you feel enlightened. And then suddenly you'll find this type of fitness or this type of exercise or yoga or whatever will be the thing that goes, oh my God, I felt that release. I felt that change. I felt that enlightenment happen. But the important thing is to just to try even if it feels uncomfortable whatever just try something and you will eventually find a path to what resonates and what works for you
1: Mm, definitely have an open mind and with technology these days you can go on youtube and you can find breathwork meditation yoga all those videos and you can do it in under 10 minutes yeah it's crazy even though like this morning i did a 40-minute yoga session and that's the first time i've done yoga properly and If you ever wanted to do something that removes your ego and it lets you surrender to your body, do fucking yoga. That shit was challenging, man. Yeah,
0: I've always wanted to try yoga. Yeah, I want to get into it too.
1: Right. The connection with your body and just surrendering to it is so powerful and especially like breath work as well is so powerful. And coming back to that breath work I did on the weekend, if you go deep enough, you release a a chemical called DMT, which is – it's released when you're born when you die and when you dream by through breath work if you go deep enough you can release that as well and that's where like hallucinations and visions and stuff come from and i had a very um, profound vision that came through as i mentioned before um my breath work on the weekend so just start somewhere find what works best for you because yeah it's it's definitely something that you need to do in, in your life and like my partner was like not open-minded to this at all i, I dragged her to this event she was like fuck this i'm only coming to one day i'm not going to do it at all after day three she was all for it she was all balls of the wall all in it i was like this is the power of the breath and the power of meditation and the power of doing that inner work it's so powerful that would have been
0: such a gratifying thing for you to be able to have that like personal connection with someone going through a bit of enlightenment and awakening in that moment it must have felt so good to like see your ideas and thoughts and and work you know be reflected in someone that obviously you share such a personal connection with mm. um and like you said moving out of the house and then going to that thing you must feel like you guys are just going to go from strength to strength now oh, moving forward definitely
1: our relationship has has strengthened so much but also like i want to bring my parents to this event too especially yeah. like and especially with all his his background his traumas i'm like i know he's like old-fashioned i don't want to do that stuff but I truly believe if he went to one of these events and really did that inner work, oh, he would be a totally different man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would definitely be impactful for someone like him that's done
2: zero of that kind of stuff. That's for sure.
0: Mm. Well, uh, question number four, my man, a bit of a a change of speed here. But... uh, Which which,
2: which one are we flinging at him?
0: Are we... you know, you if it's a bit of a change of pace, you know it's gonna be what started the Wormholes podcast. My <laughs> yeah, name. all right. Question Put number
2: question number four. What's one conspiracy theory that you believe in?
1: Oh
0: fucking hell.
2: Um
1: ooh. It's a bit controversial with the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. We've touched, yeah. On, that a fair, we've touched oh, on that a fair bit. <laughs> we've gotten strikes
0: on YouTube and had many uh, profiles and things deleted for our opinion yeah. about COVID. We've only that COVID.
2: So, we've only got one strike left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so
1: I, I won't dive into that, but I, I do believe there's a big conspiracy around the whole COVID thing.
0: Yeah, yeah wow. Well, there you go. Yeah, now, nah, look... Go, go off son it's all right we uh, we've talked about it plenty the it's the fact that it's just disappeared from existence in terms of like the care level now people are still getting it people are still testing positive having to take a week off work all of those things are still happening but it is completely disappeared from the consciousness the news cycle all of those things and yet I, all I'm still continuing to hear and 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 experience in a personal circle and and from the pages and whatever that I follow is the people that are having long lasting effects from the vaccination or whatever it may be like there was I was at the gym the other day and like this woman comes up and starts talking to my mum and dad she would have been like 65 and she's like oh yeah you heard about what happened to bill didn't you and dad's like yeah i heard he passed away didn't you it's like and she, this woman just straight away was like yeah Matt, Massive heart attack from the vaccine. Um, oh, it was seriously! Like 55. That's what she said, and I was wow. like, "Oh shit!" And she just said it so casually. Mm. Um, and we, you know, we don't even know still what long term effects are going to be from all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, that's a, that's a good one to pick because uh, we feel very strongly about that as well.
1: Yeah, that could be a whole podcast within itself. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, when you're when you're down
0: in Adelaide, we'll uh, <laughs> we we'll have, yeah, we'll have a conspiracy. We'll episode We'll make a that'll separate be, one. We'll make a fun separate fun. pod, and we'll uh, we'll go hard on some of those thoughts. But. um Question number five, my man, is uh, is one that is now being injected into it because of the great man that we have in the uh, in the chat tonight. It's become our question number five. Before we answer the the most important one, what three things are you grateful for right now today?
1: Oh. Being here on this corner is not to gas you up or anything, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. Honestly, oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, this has been man. a fucking awesome conversation. So I'm super grateful for it. The second one is. Personal development and being able to connect the dots and better to better understand yourself—that is something that I'm truly grateful for, that I get to do, or uh, well, that I have the mindset to do now on a day-to-day basis. And the third one is my daughter. She turned eight months old today, and oh, wow. this eight months has gone so bloody quick. It's like where's time going She's growing up so quickly, and she's like, she's just. The biggest light in my life and yeah. yeah I'm so grateful for her so they're my that's three awesome. gratitudes that's thank awesome, you man mate. and can I
0: just say I'm personally so grateful that you reached out um because it brought us the grateful club it brought us these questions that we now ask every guest that we have on whether they're from a heavy metal band from a they're a comedian or they're they're a man that's operating in the mental health space like yourself they all get asked the same question and it, and it fills me with such joy to hear them answer every time um, and to be able to have this as you said an incredible conversation today um it has brought me a massive amount of joy as well so thank you so much likewise
2: man i've really enjoyed the chat so far so should we chuck him this final all-important
0: question i think you've got it man you hit him with it hit him with it i'll
2: I'll hit him with it this this ropey question so would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses and why
0: Bare hands,
1: weapons, what?
2: Do we, well, I think it we was yeah, we're we're
0: go, we're we're go bare hands. Yeah,
2: we'll go bare hands. Too many people
0: haven't been offered weapons for us <laughs> yeah, to change yeah, it yeah. this late into the game. <laughs> so let's say it's uh, it's hand-to-hand combat. Now, you've got uh, a bit of a martial arts background as well. So maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, this fucking around. Way. Yeah, I think the, the
1: thought of the hundred horses scares the shit out of me. It reminds me of playing Call of Duty Zombies. So fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll fight the duck. I'll kick his legs out I'll bash the shit out of him yeah fuck yeah (laughs) so so the the (laughs) great thing
0: is and we talk about it every time but like uh, we never get the same answer twice. And we've done two podcasts this week, one on Tuesday night and one tonight, and both people had a different answer, right? And yeah. so it's so good that like, it's nearly been, a, we're up to ep 80, we've had maybe 50 guests out of 80 episodes. And we're probably neck and neck still now with answers on, on each answer. It just shows you that like, everyone's brain works differently. And the reasons have always changed from yeah. like, you know, it's the, I want the trophy on my wall of that big duck. I'm gonna <laughs> mount its head in my games room to like you know <laughs> everything in between it's um it's crazy so uh yeah it's such a cool question to wrap up what has been a, an amazing uh podcast so before we let you go man plug everything humanly possible where yeah. are people going to find you um the the floor is yours tell tell us where the
1: action's going down so head over to the podcast page which is just the better project um the betar project all my links are on the profile there. If you want to be a part of the Grateful Club, send me a message. I'll invite you into the group. You can be a part of that. And then also, if you want to support the podcast in any way or form, I have like merchandise. So $5 from every product actually goes to a mental health charity as well. Amazing. And then That's if amazing, you're actually yeah. looking to start a podcast yourself, that is a little business that I have on the side too. So hit me up for that and we can see how we can work together there. So yeah, well, if you want listen to the podcast anything like that all the links are on my profile
2: awesome man yeah i've got your uh, link tree up here so your facebook is the better project your TikTok is at the better project and you've got a Patreon as well yeah very cool very cool well nick mate i tell you what we really appreciate you coming on tonight man it's been such a good chat
1: thank you for having me i've, I've honestly really enjoyed this super grateful for the opportunity
0: you're an absolute legend, man, and we will have you on in person in Adelaide when you inevitably bring the podcast tour uh, down south. Yeah, we're south. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're lower. Yeah, <laughs> we're lower. I don't we're even lower. Know. Geography not my strong suit, man. So, um but yeah, thank you so much, man. You're an absolute legend, and, and keep up the great work that you're doing in this space. Um, I know I personally appreciate it, and I'm sure that there's hundreds of others that do as well, man. So Most definitely, um, yeah, keep it up.
1: Appreciate it. Let's
0: go.